Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed um, season seven. I hope that you've enjoyed this 51 episodes of the Dungeon Master's Diary. And I hope that you'll stay with Roleplay Rescue as we go forward into a season eight. I don't know when it's going to start. I don't even know really exactly what it's going to look like. But I do know that I'd love you to come and listen. And I do know that I'm looking forward to, yeah, just taking it forward. Things he won't share with us The darkness in his brain The dungeon master's plan The pleasure and the pain What's better left unknown Keep calling out to me I hear him think out loud To die the Only the brave shall come My name is Che Webster, and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary. Friday night. Half term, I'm in you. That's the best news. Um, But actually, perhaps it's not the best news. Even better, I think. Today, I had a chat with uh, the um, assistant head in charge of our kind of extracurricular stuff, and he's approved the Dungeons and Dragons Club coming back um, after this half term. Essentially, we had a really long conversation about how we might run things, and I outlined kind of use, running it online using um, the school has a kind of a Microsoft 365 account, so we can use Teams the, as a sort of video conferencing software. And um, I also outlined, you know, how we could do it because we have year group bubbles, you know, year seven, year eight, year nine. So it'd only be one year group I could do face to face in a classroom. But by doing it online, I could kind of bring it across the school. So we've agreed to try and run the club online using Teams and across Key Stage 3, which is basically year seven, eight, nine, which for those who don't know anything about education is those from about age 11 through to what it would be about 14. Um, And... I mean, that's where I've had a number of requests coming from those age groups. I do know I have actually older gamers in the higher up in the school, but I think um, at the moment it'd be quite good to bring on the new new guys from sort of year seven and new guys in the school um, and then some of the players from the slightly older groups perhaps. So hoping to attract half a dozen. What was really nice is that, um, so I put together a, a poster to put out a sort of a advert on the notices that go to every tutor group today. Um, well, actually, I put it out to go out next Friday and by some miracle this morning, I got it in early enough that the lady who organises that, the um, uh, uh, kind of put the, the, the thing straight into the notices for today. So that was great. I came up when I was doing tutor, so I know that an advert went out. And I, by the end of the day, I had an email from one student in year seven. So I've got a completely new student to the club kind of saying, hey, can I come and join in? How do I join? So that was great. And I've um, added them to the uh, team and, you know, we've already started building. So, yeah, I just feel really positive. Going to be strictly D&D. We're going to run into fifth edition. I'm going to provide them with links to free, you know, the free basic rules. Um, And I think what I will do is just start with, uh, if I'm running and GMing, then I'll run the starter set game. We'll go from there. You know, I'll just... um, kind of build it as we go really i think there will be a need uh to find you know games masters dungeon masters um as we go forward and it's great because obviously i have the ability we've agreed as well that's the other thing in this conversation was 
you know, we're talking about how they could use dice at home and was I worried about cheating? No, not really. Um, and I said I would be able to provide kids with, um, you know, a little pack of dice. I think from Amazon I can get, like, quite cheap um, polyhedral dice sets for a couple of quid a pop, you know, two, three quid a pop. They come in sealed packets, so it's easy enough to distribute those and the kids can then take them home. Um, and, of course, they can just leave them at home as well, which means they ain't going to lose them as much. And the other thing is, if I had a new GM... Um, I sort of said, well, you know, the starter set as it comes is a shrink wrap box. So if I have, you know, have need of that, we can order one in within a few days and literally give it to the kid. They could take it home as well. And again, no problem, kind of worries about infection, really. So uh, it's a really positive start to things. And I'm, I'm just fingers crossed we can make it work. I'm, I'm sure we'll find a way. Um, but I wanted to make note of that tonight. It's kind of a great way to finish the first half term, seven weeks of slog. Um, but I finally persuaded them to bring the D&D club on, which is so ironic. It's ironic that about back in March, when we went into lockdown, I said to them at the time, you know, I could keep the D&D club going, I could run it online, and it was absolutely shot down in flames. The thought of running that club online was terrifying to management. Isn't it amazing how far we've come? Here we are, six, seven months later, and it was a green flag. In fact, the preference was for me to run it online. So... What a different world we are living in. But hey, it's one for D&D, so game on. I think I just had a major breakthrough. Um, it's Saturday morning, uh, about, it's now about 10 to 6 in the morning. I've been up since, um, well, my notes here said I sat down at 4.50. So I was up about 4am, I think. And, um, well, three big things have kind of popped into my head and worked through. And it's all come from going back to um, Barbara Shear's book about, um, what's it called, Refuse to Choose, um, about my nature as a scanner. Um, for those who don't know, that's a person who uh, really is, um, I guess, the, the super fast learner is probably the best way of putting this. And I know that about myself, somebody who absorbs and processes ideas really fast. Um, often so fast that uh, I can start working on something and kind of get to the end. If I was on a course, I get bored after about the first bit. They give me the core idea and I can almost see the end immediately. And I don't need all the detail. Um, I know that there are many people out there who um, kind of do appreciate when someone breaks everything down and really sort of talks you through all the detail and I know as a teacher that you know most of the people I deal with that's what I'm doing with them I'm breaking it all down and and leading them through the thought process and helping them to understand to build the bricks and there's a dialogue and question and answer and I love that I love being able to kind of expose the idea to people the truth is about me is I don't need to do that um, my insights are like flashes of inspiration that I kind of leap to the end very, very quickly, um, that I can connect ideas that other people just don't think about connecting um, automatically anyway, you know, and it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's a blessing and it's a curse. It's an absolute blessing because my life is rich with ideas, you know, and, and connections and, and random things can just dive me off in a, in a you know, into something deep. Um, it's a curse because um, the way other people perceive me is, is very simple. So I, I appear to begin things uh, and then sort of suddenly stop them. 
where people are expecting me to sort of follow through. And actually, the second element of being a scanner is that um, I've got what I came for. Um, Barbara Shearer in a book uses the um, analogy of the honeybee. The honeybee kind of lands on the flower for as long and takes the nectar for as long as it needs and then flies away. And sometimes they sit on a flower for a little bit of time. Sometimes they sit on a flower for ages. Um, sometimes they're just hopping from flower to flower for a bit. And that's very much what I'm like. Um, and if you listen to my podcast for any length of time, you know this in terms of the hobby projects is I'm constantly leaping from game to game to idea to idea. And the reality is that I, I've begun about a year or so ago now, um, one of my wonderful patrons introduced me to Barbara Shear and uh, Shear, um, who, by the way, uh, recently died, um, memory eternal. Um, anyway, I, I read Reviews to Choose and it was an amazing insight, but I think that I, I'm just kind of having to come back to it in true scanner style to go deeper. So another thing I'm realising about myself is that um, I'm cyclical. And um, it's kind of like a spiral. It's probably the best way of explaining it to people that I kind of need to... There's a kind of a loop of things that I'm into and I'm exploring. There's, it's often the same ideas that I'm coming back to over and over. So, you know, I've just been recently talking about RuneQuest. That's one of the original things that's been all the way through my life. And then um, another one is this this world of Mykovnia that I've been dreaming about. And another one is this desire to create um, a kind of a a D&D style fantasy realm and world. There's the Mega Dungeon. There's, uh, oh, so many different things. There's, there must be um, a dozen, maybe more actual kind of, I couldn't even name them off the top of my head. Um, these things that I keep going around. And what's wonderful is I'm starting, because I'm now using the day book, um, another idea from Barbara Shear, which is to have this notebook that you just sort of fill your ideas out and get them on paper and, and, and whatever I can actually start going back and looking and establishing what the pattern is because part of it is I'm not even aware you know anyway coming back to this today I've been looking back I, it kind of occurred to me that I really needed you know I was feeling the dread and the doom and the misery about myself again and um, I really needed I knew that the that actually kind of realised that actually I needed to go back and, and reread um, and flip through um, Refuse to Choose, which is an absolutely kind of wonderfully written book. It's written by a scanner for a scanner, really. Um, somebody who, you know, and you really can just skip through. I mean, I can just skip through and find the bits I need and reread the portions I want. And um, chapter eight today, it was... Um, and the first thing I've done today is I've, I've, I've revisited what's called the bad feeling. Um, the feeling I get when I'm, I've got to what I needed from a project, but I have to follow through on the project. And, I, and I've been feeling it recently because of something at work. That is a project I got involved in during lockdown at work, which was really exciting. And kind of the first part of which was really exciting. And, and now there's the kind of grind of delivering the end. And my boss is expecting me to deliver um, all these extra, like all these lesson resources that I need to do, and that's the bit that's tedious. I, I already in my head, I can picture everything that needs to happen in these lessons. I've already made the plan, the the outline is there. And in an ideal world, my boss, if they she knew and understood me properly, she would just give that plan to someone else, and they would go and finish and doing it. And, and what's really sad is in my team, there are three other people who actually enjoy doing that kind of thing. 
but who are crap at coming up with the ideas in the first place. And she just can't see how to manage us. Um, she uh, just just can't. And um, it's frustrating to me. But anyway, I'm going to have to carry through on these things and there are various tricks, tricks that I can use to overcome the bad feeling, this, this sense of suffocation that I get, tedium and dread and suffocation that I get with these projects. And I'm going to have to find a way through that in the next week or so. To, to sort of push past and there are various things that I can do that you know I know the solutions actually I just need to sit and again sketch out the ideas and then carry through on them but they're also I, I've revisited the good feeling that, that they or the anticipation and the excitement the, the intoxicating level of energy that comes from and, and something I'm working on which I've just been feeling the last few days about revisiting RuneQuest because I'm back to RuneQuest Second Edition and all of that. And I just wanted to take a moment and feel that, you know, and, and get my head around it again. So I, that's been great to do this morning and has helped me kind of see this, remind myself of my nature, I suppose. Um, and that's fine. Anyway, you can hear that Deborah's just woken up. The thing that I want to do, I realised that I need to become a seasonal gamer that I actually am, I'm a teacher, right? So I have 14, 13, 14 weeks in a year when I'm not at work. And I think this is the really simple idea. I just need to become a seasonal gamer. I need to become the person who, when I'm on teacher's holiday, is when I can do some intensive gaming. And when I'm not on holiday, I kind of actually allow my, my hobby to sort of fall back into um, ideas and and working on ideas and reading and you know no I need to stop committing to things during the school year so I can be a teacher and then when it comes to holiday I need to utterly park being a teacher and come and enjoy being a hobbyist and, and um, yeah I need to work out how to do that but that's what I need to do great it's Saturday night, about uh, 25 past six. I'm just settling down um, in about 35 minutes or online for Fire Citadel of the Dragon King, session three. Wow, session three. It feels like we've been playing this for ages, um, but of course we've actually had to skip a session uh, because of the RuneQuest weekend. Um, but it's been cool. I actually um, got a really amazing thing going on. So one of the players, Simon, is uh, kind of, I guess, assistant GM now. Uh, what he's doing is wrangling all the players. Um, so there's a couple of things going on. We've um, introduced a while ago a kind of a bounty for players if they created NPCs and especially NPC hireling characters, sort of completely created the sheets, um, they could get an extra character point. And you can have kind of earn uh, up to four of those in a fortnight um, just for sort of helping out. And what that's done is given us a little bank of 125 point uh, pre-generated characters, adventure characters, and it's also given us some NPCs, um, 62 points and 125 point NPCs, uh, which the guys are now sort of starting to hire, so that's kind of cool. Um, but along with that, what's happened is that uh, Simon has kind of taken on the general role of wrangling the players, and it's been great because he's been handling all of the in-between session stuff, so they, they kind of haul treasure back. He's been organising the sale of that, he's been organising the um, buying of gear, kind of you know, getting a full list together. And even for me, he's been throwing me a wonderful Excel spreadsheets, which kind of summarize everything they want to do and all the rules. All I have to do is sort of make some die rolls and decisions. And um, I do that on a Saturday before the session. And it's just awesome. It's like a whole load of thinking I don't have to do as GM, which 
I think, you know, I, I kind of find um, stuff I find sort of dull, actually, to sort of wrangle, do you know what I mean? Um, and uh, Simon seems to, to just enjoy doing that. Um, I don't even if he's not enjoying it, I think he's doing it because he recognises that it helps keep me engaged. Um, so the flaky GM has kind of uh, found a part solution. But the thing is that that's led to a kind of a question about, you know, in my mind, there's always been this question about the, white, the GM's role. And um, I think there's an awful lot of assumptions around the GM's role that you know, we're starting to unravel in our group, which is, um, I think, a good thing, actually. I think taking off stuff off the shoulders of the GM is a good idea. But of course, I would say that I'm the GM. But what I mean is, there's a lot of stuff that players can actually wrangle for themselves, especially if they know the game. Um, and Simon's way more experienced with the game than I am, so that's helpful. But I think on top of that, it is, you know, if you've got the time and you've got the will, um, you know, who? It, it's one of those things I don't have to keep plaguing the players to chase them down about stuff and all that sort of stuff. Simon's doing that and um, kind of become the de facto kind of, I guess, the caller for the party as well, you know, when they're in the dungeon and what have you. So it's just a great thing. And I have never had a player quite so um, forthcoming and, and forward and positive about helping out. So I'm really grateful, Simon. Thank you. I just want to say that as I go into this session, you know, I'm tired and it's been a tough month and all the rest of it, but I'm really looking forward to it because these guys are wonderful. Um, Simon is joined by Derek and um, by Evil Jeff and by Lan, and there's a tiny, tiny chance we might even get Jason Hobbs joining us tonight. Um, but these guys are great, and um, they're just really good to hang with and play with, good fun, and I appreciate them all. So I'm looking forward to the session, and I hope we have another good one. And that's about all I've got. Game on. There is something rather wonderful when a group of players takes a giant risk. Tonight in the Fire Citadel, um, the guys had two ways into the Citadel itself from the Fire Gate, which they'd previously cleared. Uh, the Lord had uh, sent a detachment of troops to hold the tower, and these guys were going to go into the dungeon proper for the first time. Two ways in, they chose a third option. Previously, they had found a copper ring of about 12 inches diameter on the body of uh, a dragon man, and they'd taken it, they'd had it identified, and their suspicion was that it was some kind of transportation uh, magical device. And they've been taught how to enchant and use the words that are upon, inscribed upon it. And they decided to use it, and it was just fabulous. They teleported essentially somewhere into the dungeon uh, to where the other ring that matches it was and uh, then fought their way back out um, which was just fabulous taking the obviously the second ring with them which now gives them the ability to um, sort of well place a ring and take a ring and then beam back to the place where the original ring is so lots of options there playability wise it was absolutely great it took a risk they really weren't sure it wasn't wasn't a quick and easy decision but when they did it it was great and then yeah fought their way back out uh, at the dragon uh the dragon's uh kings kind of obeyed it was just a really fun session i really appreciated it so thanks again to simon steric to lan and to jeff absolutely game on Monday evening and uh, Deb and I are about to go out for a meal actually which will be really really nice might be the very last time before 
Nottinghamshire becomes a very high-risk COVID area and we'll get locked down again, I don't know. Anyway, went to Yorkshire Wildlife Park today with Deb and we had a marvellous time wandering around. Uh, they've got a new pack of hyenas there, which we got to see. Never seen hyena in the flesh, I don't think, or at least not since I was a very small child. Maybe London Zoo. Um, and loads of other animals. It was great. But the thing is, one of the moments was we were looking across a big kind of open plain and... Um, there was giraffes, zebra, and there were also um, a load of kind of deer. I think kind of actually antelope or maybe dick dick. Um, but anyway, I was watching these beasts kind of wandering around and all I could think of was the um, kind of beast riders from RuneQuest. I, I was just transported, really. I was kind of, you know, able sort of watching these and... Um, there's a rhino as well, and I was kind of thinking about, you know, wouldn't it be cool if there were rhino riders? And I've oh, just utterly sort of drawn to Glorantha again. Um, and it's it's wondrous for me. It really is a kind of amazing place. And so, yeah, I, I absolutely am, am wanting to go there, I think, in my head and in, in my gaming. So I don't know how, but I'm going to make that happen somehow. Anyway, it was a marvellous time out. Deb and I had a great time. We heard lions roar as well, which was awesome. Um I yeah, polar bears, um, so many great creatures. Uh, red panda, uh, tigers. Um, yeah, I just love it every time we go. It's gorgeous. Deb and I are out uh, in the gardens at Newstead Abbey over in Nottinghamshire and um, it's a rainy day, light rain. It's kind of gorgeous, beautiful colours. Just wanted to like, make a quick note about this morning because I finally got around to digging out my RuneQuest uh, classic stuff, my RuneQuest second edition stuff. And uh, it just brought sort of a smile to my face. So I'm hoping over the next, um, maybe next week, week or two, that I'm going to um, think I'm going to make some notes about that, some audio notes and um, consider sharing them really. I want to just record this as a sort of, uh, I don't know, just a moment of relaxation and, and calm in my week, in my year even. Probably the best I've felt in a very long while. And um, just pacing around, taking some photographs in the rain and thinking, allowing my mind to wander across all the things that I'm into, all the things I'm interested in. And of course I realise that there is no need to sort of choose one thing. Um, sort of one thing at a time maybe but uh, certainly it's fine and I realized that I really 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 want to just revisit so many different things so one of those is go and read all of the um, alarms and excursions I basically obtained the first hundred issues digitally and had started reading them but I really want to go back and, and reread them and also, I just received the Burning Wheel role-playing game, which I kind of want to explore and dive into again. I spoke about it a few weeks ago and I started reading it, but as with all things, you know, kind of got put aside when work got intense. Um, so, yeah, just a couple of things, really. And, and I think, although I think Shani Andy possibly believes that I've kind of gone off uh, Reinquest Grantha, I think that's not the case. I think that I will arrive there, but I think that right now... I kind of, with RuneQuest, I need to go through that classic stuff. I need to 
take those rules that I stole from my father all those years ago and actually play with them a bit. So we'll see what I do with that. And I've just got to say, wow, that is an incredible spider's web. I'm going to take a photo of that. Been a good day today. Had a game this morning with GM Shadow running a GURPS horror game, 1920s. Um, really good fun. Played with some fabulous players, people I've not had the opportunity to game with. And um, yeah, he's got a really lovely group, actually. Fantastic. And I really appreciated meeting all of them. Um, it was a good session. It was good fun. And um, I, you know, I don't know. I feel like very much the outsider to that that group. They've been playing the Caravan to Ionaris, I think. And um, yeah, good bunch. But I think it was really intriguing to me to just kind of, I don't know, be on the other side of the screen in a GURPS game because, you know, I actually haven't been a player in a GURPS game. So it's uh, it was kind of cool. Great GMing. And I just the end of it kind of came away feeling like, yeah, really comfortable. Um, you know, that game to me is just so straightforward, so simple to run and uh, really hard, I think, to see it as anything other than a fabulously flexible system. So I don't know, just really learned a lot from that and uh, really got me thinking. I've also made a decision that I, I'd, I'd really like to start kind of using the holiday periods when I'm a teacher, uh, I get holiday periods in the year and I like to use those to sort of run some pretty intense game stuff. And it was great today to have that kind of daytime experience. GM uh, Shadow ran it from about 8.30 a.m. till 11 a.m. That was so we could involve the Australian and New Zealanders and as well as Europeans and Americans, which is great. And made me realize that um, actually I'm pretty awake in the mornings as well. I'm pretty with it in the morning. So, um, Tuesday 22nd, Tuesday 29th of December, I'm kind of diarying up time to run a game. Don't know what game yet, don't know who with yet, don't, you know, nothing has decided, but I, apart from the date, and I'm just going to post out to the Discord and to the Patreon to kind of see if anyone can play. If I can get two to four um, for a sort of mini sort of extended adventure or mini campaign, however you want to look at it, that would be a really great starting point for me. And, um, yeah, just thanks to, um, thanks to Barry for making that possible. Um, giving me that inspiration and idea. Yeah, in a good place. Um, but I think this might be the last entry in the DM's diary. I think as I come to the end of series seven, I might be changing the format of things a little bit and, it just seems to me that I've got a lot to say, a lot to do, a lot to learn. But um, I don't know, I feel like just trying to change things up a little bit. So thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed um, season seven. I hope that you've enjoyed this 51 episodes of the Dungeon Master's Diary. And I hope that you'll stay with Roleplay Rescue as we go forward into a season eight. I don't know when it's going to start. I don't even know really exactly what it's going to look like, but I do know that I'd love you to come and listen. And I do know that I'm looking forward to, yeah, just taking it forward. Remember, 
I get up every morning to create communities of discovery in which people can feel accepted for who they are. And hobby gaming for me is a really big part of that. That's part of my whole kind of reason. And yeah, it's time. Game on.